Thanks for choosing this podcast by New Heights Fellowship Baptist Church of East Toledo, featuring Pastor Jerry East from Ellisville, Mississippi. Go reach New Heights in Jesus. Here we go. Exactly where you need to be right now to reach New Heights and Jesus. I, I have, we have the distinction of driving two, a little over two hours to be here this morning, and I've, I've never been so pleased to drive two hours to go to church. I'm excited. God is at work. Um, this begins, this is our revival beginning, kind of kickoff Sunday. And so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the next three days, we'll meet here at 6.30, and we have a, like a dress theme kind of fun thing for each night that we're doing, and Brother Jerry East is with us and his wife Jane. Coming all the way from Ellisville, Mississippi. Woo! Truth is, they came from Columbus this morning. They came up from Ellisville on uh, Thursday, Friday, right? Yeah, so Thursday. You there early Friday or Thursday? We got to Thursday. Thursday night. So, yeah. So, uh, that's a trek. We all, you all want to look up on a map later. That's, that's a trip, right? But it's a good, good trip because you got to stop some places along the way. That was exciting too. So, maybe we'll hear something about that at some point. So, we also have our Grand Prix Matchbox, uh, kickoff race, whatever you call it, today, which will be in the multi-purpose room after service. That's where we're going to race matchbox cars in like a little tournament format, and then that will begin our opportunity to prepare cars going into end of the month, beginning of December. We're going to have a race where you build your own car, and so you get the details about that afterwards. We'll all be hanging out here afterwards and racing matchbox cars in the multi-purpose room. Themes, in case you're not a big reader, you don't want to read, or you don't want to look it up online, themes for the for the revival for the next three days. Monday night is going to be your favorite football team or your favorite colors. You dress accordingly, or you don't have to if you don't want to, but that's your opportunity to do that. I'm going to wear my favorite color. If you don't know what my favorite color is, you'll find out tomorrow. Because I already picked out most of my clothes. So, all right. And then Tuesday is a Christian t-shirt, Christian theme. So wear something Christian if you have it or you want to. 
Um, if somebody doesn't have one and you want to borrow one from me, hook up with me. I've got a few that kind of hang out in there and get used now and then. Um, and so that's Tuesday evening. And also Tuesday evening will be a special night because that's the night where the men and the ladies uh, and the children are all split up and going our separate ways. So we'll go Monday and Wednesday, we'll do it just like normal. We're together for a little while, and then the kids will go out to their classes. But Tuesday night, when the kids go out to their classes, the ladies will go out, and Jane is going to be with them in the cafeteria, and the men will stay in here. So we'll be all over the building that night, Tuesday night. And what was the theme on Tuesday night? What do you wear on Tuesday night? Nicole, do you remember? <laughs> John? Anybody? It's just Christian. Christian, yes. Yeah, very good. Hi, I had it too. All right, very good. All right, and then Wednesday is red carpet night, so you dress up. And you don't have to. Again, these are all optional, but if you want to dress up, wear fancy clothes on Wednesday night, you can do that, okay? And there'll be a light refreshments, which means healthy snacks, basically, mostly healthy. Some maybe not so healthy, but mostly healthy snacks before service each night in the cafeteria from about 6 to 6.30, okay? So that's what's going to go on the next few days. Now, a revival, and be clear about this, we're going to pray in a second, but a revival is when God... Wakes you up. God makes you new. God rebirths you. Just something fantastic in you. Okay? And we can't schedule that. You can't set a date. You can't do it for four days or even one day or even one minute. God does that. That's right. So this is us coming together to reach new heights in Jesus, to praise the Lord and sing praise songs, to pray together, and we will pray together, and to hear from the Word together. And I get the opportunity of sitting on the Brother uh, Jerry East teachings, which I don't normally get to do that around here. Usually I get RJ or maybe all during an inspirational moment or Brother Tony, but uh, I get I get the opportunity to be filled as well with that teaching. So we're going to do that all together for the next three days. And hopefully the goal would be that God will revive us. Okay, not just us, but anybody who wants to come. So you invite friends and family. If they've never been, it's a perfect opportunity because it'll be a, a unique, fun experience. Okay? Alright, so we're going to pray together. Remember, as I pray, we all pray. Hold on. <laughs> After service today, before we start the Grand Prix, we have sack lunches provided for children first, and then whatever's left, adults can eat. Also, we're doing the drawing for those of you that donated candy. Okay, so those will be after service today as well, all right? And so as I pray then, you pray with me. If I don't pray good, you make sure you pray good in your head, okay? We're all praying together. Let's do it. Father in heaven, you are almighty creator God. You are the ultimate healer, the ultimate leader, and when necessary, the ultimate corrector. You redirect our forces. You gave us salvation through your son, Jesus. And the truth is that even as we come together today, some of us have spent years, some of us spent time even today, not honoring that sacrifice. We have sinned against you or done something we shouldn't have done. And Lord, we confess that to you now. We ask you for forgiveness through your son, Jesus Christ. If there is someone in this room who has not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, then before they leave this place today, let them make that right with you. Lord, you work in them. We know no one comes to you except to be called. And so we ask you, Lord, to call each one of us closer to yourself today. Lord, we thank you that you're willing to work in us. We thank you that you give us this place, this worship, this spirit to reach new heights in Jesus. Your Holy Spirit to work in us, to help us better understand, to learn, to grow. So that at any age, or any skin color, any background, any amount of wealth or lack thereof, any amount of health or lack thereof, that at any moment that a person truly looks to you, they can have you working in their lives. 
And we ask you, Lord, to do just that work in our lives today. We've got a lot going on. There's some cool stuff. We didn't even mention all the stuff that's on the schedule with the parade and, and the workshops for the Grand Prix and the All Family Fellowship next week after service. And I know there's more in this bulletin, more opportunities to work in the kingdom, to serve and to spend time together, to fellowship, than we could list in, in brief announcements. We are grateful, Lord, that you're making us a church body at work for you and that you're working in us to help us reach new heights in Jesus. We pray that you will take this service as we sing, as we pray, as we listen to your word preached. Lord, as we do that inspirational moment and people share testimonies of what's been going on in our lives, as we do all of it, Lord, we pray that you will use all of it for our good. And we know you can because you're our God. We pray all this in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you very much. All right, would you stand with us as we go on to these next few? If the children want to come forward or take to the aisles, there's a lot of children in this room, but get on your feet. Let's go. We're going to wake up this morning. I'm waiting for the rest of the children to stand up. Uh oh. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come to the front or make yourself some elbow room because we're going to dance this morning. I'm still waiting. Uh -oh. There's children on their buttons still. Come on, you got an extra hour of sleep this morning. Let's go.
card today. Oh, look at that. Looking them up. Okay, so we come to that moment in time in our services where we ask ourselves and we as a group work together to talk about what has the Lord been doing in this last week. So we have opportunity last week, so it should be really the last seven days. Sometimes there's time beyond that. It took you a minute to process something like that. But let me ask you, have you been reading your Bible? Have you been praying? Remember, this is our we're in a six-month emphasis on meditating on Scripture, and so that's almost over. Come the 22nd of November, which is also uh, Brother Tony, our deacon's birthday, and the anniversary of our church. Uh, I got that backwards. May 22nd is his birthday, right? So six months from his birthday. We're halfway. How about we call it your semiversary? Something like that. Semiversary, yeah. So he's halfway. So he's uh, something and six months old. Yeah. So anyway, so we'll so the twenty second we switch. We'll go to a new discipline, but still asking you to meditate on scripture, asking you to think about scripture, uh, and how the Lord leads. So maybe you've seen something this last week, and you'd like to share, and this is your opportunity. All right. What do you got, Brother R.J. Show. Um. There's I. For me, I listen to a lot of music, and I listen to a lot of music at work mostly because I don't like sitting in a quiet shop, and so I always have music playing. Um, depending on the day, depends on what I listen to. It could be rock, rap, hip hop. Sometimes I'll listen to eighties music. It just depends on the day. And uh, I was at work, and I the song came on, and I know the person who sings it. He's not what you would consider a Christian rapper. He's He's a rapper, but he's, he's a lot of his music has really good messages in it. Um, but they also have a lot of bad words as well. But some of the messages behind him are still really good messages. And uh, one of them, um, who in here doesn't know who Batman is? Batman. Well, the song is called Gotham. It's not about Batman, but it's... it's stop, see? But it's about the place. And I'm going to read a couple of the lyrics in this song. Because a couple of them really stuck out to me. Um, it starts off by, it says, I think we're heading down the wrong road. Fake, real. And they say real's fake, whoa. False prophets on these screens everywhere we go, but what do you expect when dumb people have smartphones? <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, more memes, cool, make it all a big joke. Crown your fake kings and let them sit on their fake thrones. Um, you're young now, but you'll just... But wait until you grow old. When life gets real, you'll remember the words I wrote. And then... A little bit farther down. <clears throat> so we can see my screen, I'm not going to find it again. <laughs> Alright, a little bit down, it's um, toward, more towards the end of the song. It goes on to say how, like, the mind state you're in, and it compares it to Gotham City, because there's always bad stuff happening in Gotham. And, um... At the bottom, it's at the, towards the end of the song. It says, "Gotham isn't a place; it's a mind state. 
watered by the thoughts that you manifest that what you grow. So, um, a lot of what I deal with is mental problems. I have thoughts in my head and anger issues, and it's all mental issues. And when I was listening to this song, and like at the very end when it says it's just a mind state, um, the only way we can get out of that kind of mind state is by letting Jesus in. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck in there, and you're never going to get out. You're always going to think you're not good enough. You're always going to think that, well, bad things just happen to me because that's just how life is. And in reality, that's not how life is. The only time bad things happen to you is if you perceive it as bad. Mm. Um, one of the way, one of the things that I've been trying to teach my kids lately over the last couple days is you can't look at failure as failure because the only way a failure is considered a failure is if you that's what you make it to be. If you're going to say you fail, then that's how it is. But instead, consider that failure a victory still because for one, you, in Christ you never fail. Mm-hmm. because in those what would be perceived by the world as failures we can look back on that and go okay what did I learn from this how can I grow from this so in reality it's not a failure it's still a victory as long as you perceive it in the right way and it doesn't matter how big or how small it is I mean as long as you go into it realizing like okay God's teaching me something this is the mind state you have to be in because God will show you amazing things in what the world sees as your failures. Amen. That's a good word. That's a good word. That's good. All right. Who else? Thank you. I have a video to share. Okay. Got a video. Coming up. In the video, the story in the video, I want you to listen to the lyrics. And it's a girl ran away from home, ran away from her father, who's a single dad. But I want you to think of it as us, as you, running from God. Instead of
week I heard this song at a time where I was crying, I was hurting, I've been in pain constantly for three weeks, um, and I've been praying, I've been trying to do the stretches, trying to work it out, and I felt like I was getting nowhere. And then I had a good day, and then it was bad all over again. It only takes one thing that you say or do to reach someone, to give them that little bit of hope, that little bit of push, that little bit that they need. I got a text from someone that I hadn't heard from in almost two weeks, and that right there was enough to say, it's not over, don't give up. God is here, no matter how bad you think it is or how far you think you've strayed, he's gonna come and he's gonna meet you with open arms, regardless of what just happened. Amen. 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 All right, anybody else? We know we're gonna pray in a moment, Brother Tony Tate. I'm gonna parallel up there, I guess this is it, I was waiting, okay, so. I, you got to hold me accountable. The Lord told me I can't say nothing until next year. So whatever I say, this is it. Y'all are going to some inspirational messages. I'm just saying, I ain't got nothing to say. But, um, and I'm also, I'm asking for help. I'm trying to try to post a 30 minute video that's like the only video they ever post, which is really good. But I just want to key off some of that stuff is that we're all running from God. We're all hiding from God, too. The truth is, in Adam and Eve, when they first sinned before God, they didn't really run from him, they hid from him. You know, they started doing their own thing, their own task. They started hiding behind what they thought, what they think. And then God shows up, and it's like, uh-oh, we can't hide no more. Come on out here, let me help you. God wasn't hiding. God wasn't running. And from the whole Bible to our history, after Christ, everybody is running and hiding from God. Everybody. The only difference is there's people that are under God's judgment. And they're hiding because they're done. They're running because there's nowhere to go. But the Christian, God's conviction, God's spirit, his love, anything he does is to get us out of the rut, to get us out of the hiding. The, the ones are under his judgment is to bring them to salvation first. And the next step is to get them out of it. And the cool thing I love about this is that you think about it. I was just telling you, sharing this is love. When someone says they love you, they always say, you don't love me, you didn't show it. And that's the thing. That's the real thing love is. But the idea is, I think love is unchanging. Jesus was always true and righteous from the get-go. Before, you know, the, and I've been getting too long because I have 30 minutes, and I've been doing 30 minutes, but I love that Jesus did this. I hear this from people all the time. Well, why didn't Jesus go on the cross uh, when, you know, David's time, right? I'm glad he came. Because I know I've given up so many times, so I'm done. And anybody would die on the cross, they're just, they're gonna die for the punishment of God's wrath. Like they, they'll be judged for what they've done. He righteously, innocently suffered unto death. So that's why he resurrected, bodily resurrected, as the victorious God he always was. So love is never changing. He always was who he was, never stopped being who he was, and never stopped giving up on who he was. And that's the first thing. But as a Christian, we still run and hide. We can hide in our status, we can hide in our business, we can hide in our friendships, relationships, we can hide under, you know, um, jokes and all that kind of stuff. Like, I love joking, so there's a place for it, but hey, if you guys ever want to, you know, like I said, I want to do some skits. You guys got some goofies, got some characters, please join me. Let's go do some videos. Let's let God honor us with what goofy talents we have. But I'm just saying is that we're not, when we're making fun of something, we're not making fun of people. We're making fun of God. It really that's a reflection of the heart. And it's not like God's like, oh, I'm going to get you. It's like, what are you waiting for? I just wanted to love you. I just wanted to reach out to you. 
I just want, just like that video, which is awesome, I've always loved the video, is he's shooting fireworks, hoping, not thinking for a second, God's different, he's shooting fireworks, it's like, yep, they're coming. This man doesn't know she's coming. He's doing his best to get his daughter back, and his daughter remembers that moment, those fireworks, that's that signal, he, my dad's looking for him. And so, God's shooting fireworks every five seconds. Dad's looking for you. Go get him. Uh, okay, for just a moment, I'm going to ask, uh, I lost him, Brother Ron back in here? Is he in the hallway? Is he right out there? Ron, I'm going to ask you to pray in a second, give you that heads up. Um, I, did, I do want to remind you that we're passing the offering plate. There are um, hand sanitizer bottles placed around the room, so after you pass the offering plate, if you want to, you can sanitize your hands, but we're passing the offering plate today. And then I also want to remind you that we are uh, taking up an offering for Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So this is money that goes, 100% of the money goes to international missions. So this will be money to reach people who live in Africa or France or maybe Mexico, you know, but it's outside the country with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? And so we've asked you to, to pray how the Lord might lead you to that. And then there's also these prayer guides that are up here as well. If you want to grab one after service that you work through, and it's seven days prayer. And we'll go through this in December together as a group, but you're welcome to do that yourself on your own. Okay? So just want to kind of remind you of that. And then we'll ask Brother Ron Mack to lead some prayers. We transition and we'll pass off. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here today. Opportunity to serve you, to hear from you. And to worship you. Thank you so much for Brother East and his wife to come up here, make the long trip up here to be with us today. Yes. Father, we're sorry that we need concepts like revival, that we're not always fired up for you. Father, please be with us during this revival time. Stoke that flame inside of all of us and, and help us to, to be drawn to you in a way like never before, so that we can get on fire, so we can uh, do your work, be about your business and your kingdom. Bless this day, bless the tithes and offerings that you uh, provided. Lord, we pray that we are good stewards of what you've given us. Be with us today, be with the children as they go to their lesson. Help them hear from you and, and learn from you today, Lord. To anybody in the room who may not know you personally, I pray that they will hear from you and that they will make the decision that is on their heart. And I pray that you will just comfort them and lift them up. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
second to get down. And then coming before you now is my brother and my friend, Jerry East from Ellisville, Mississippi. He's going to share with us from the Lord as the Lord has laid it upon his heart. We'll turn it over to you, brother. Well, what an honor to be here. And I mean that from the depths of my heart. My name is Jerry. This is my precious bride, Jane. And uh, when we first heard of this opportunity, we jumped at it. And uh, this was, I don't know, six, seven months ago. I said, sign me up. We want to go. Uh, but I never knew what joy would bring God to, God will bring joy to us. And we're so grateful to be here today. I want you to know that uh, my life verse is 1 Corinthians 15, 10, 8. I am what I am by the grace of God. And I claim that verse for my life. Paul went on to say, this grace works mightily within me. Uh, my soul has been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ by putting my faith in him and him alone. He died on the cross for my sins and for yours and because of my faith in his shed blood and what he did. I was born again on May, uh, uh, March the 1st, 1981. So I'm an old man. Uh, you've got an old man for a preacher this week. I'm in my 40th year of ministry because God saved me in 81 and at the same time, God called me to preach. And so uh, it's been a blessing to be in the ministry, but I can't tell you what it means to me to have a partner like my wife uh, with me. When she was eight years old, she went to her mama one day and said, Mama, God's called me to preach. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, she said, let's talk about this and, and look at it and see what God's doing. Her mom was just peeling potatoes, and Jane went to her and, and uh, was talking to her about the calling in her life. And her mama said, well, you know, darling, peeling potatoes, she just said, you could be a missionary or one day you may be a pastor's wife. And at that very moment, God spoke to my wife's heart at eight years old about becoming a pastor's wife. And so I want to say to all of you that are young, especially, God has a plan for you to give you a future and a hope. And God has you here for a purpose. And I love the name of your church. I love pastors saying that you've come here uh, to experience Jesus in a new height. And I, I praise God for that. Now I'm here to preach uh, four times. I have four times uh, to uh, speak and let God use me. And so I've been praying quite a while about today. And I always want to make sure, first of all, that everyone understands what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and assurance of salvation. I find down where I pastor and minister, I have as many people struggling with assurance that they could truly be born again as much as anything. And so this message this morning really is twofold. Let's begin revival by making sure, first of all, that we're all in the fold, okay? Let, let's make sure, first of all, before our spirits can be vi revived, uh, we need to have life that can be revived. Right. So I'm going to ask you to find in your Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 1. You know 2 what? Timothy chapter 1. And I'm going to ask you, if you will, to find that. And uh, we're going to look together with that and see what God has to say to us. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Would you give your attention to verses 8 through 12? 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul the Apostle is writing here. And as he writes to young Timothy, a young pastor in the faith, he writes these words and he says this to Timothy. Therefore, verse 8. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Now here's the key verse, verses. 
who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. Did you see that? Who has brought life and immortality to light through what? The gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles. Verse 12, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Father God, I pray now that you would bless the reading of your word and I ask you, Lord God, to empty me of self and fill me with the spirit of Christ. I am nothing apart from you, whether I'm preaching in Jones County, Mississippi, or I'm in Toledo, Ohio. I am what I am by the grace of God. This task that you've called me to, Lord, is bigger than I. I I can't do this, Lord. And I'm asking you to come and fill me with the Spirit of Christ and speak to your people through me. May I be your vessel. Lord, I do pray for that young girl or boy that may be here today that has never really made that full-on commitment to trust Christ and follow him. Uh, There may be someone here as an adult that struggles with their identity in Christ or struggles with whether or not they're truly born again. I pray you take this message today, Lord, and that here in this first meeting of this revival, first and foremost, we will be certain of our salvation. And if we're not, we'll come into the fold. I pray this in the name of Christ for his glory. Amen. I grew up down in South Mississippi. My dad didn't like the beach. We tried that one time. We were close to the beach. We lived 90 miles from the Gulf Coast. But my daddy didn't like the sand. He didn't like the sun. And so he didn't like the salt in the water. So that kind of ruled out the beach. Now, a lot of people prefer the beach. My dad loves the mountains. And so dad worked on the railroad. He was a railroad engineer for 42 and a half years. My dad loved the Smoky Mountains. He wanted to go to the mountains. So when we had vacation, we would get in an old car, a 67 Galaxy Ford, and we would head to the mountains. And as we would start down the road, I could tell that a burden had been lifted from my dad. He was really more carefree on vacation than any other time. All of a sudden, children, dad kind of got funny. He, he, He usually wasn't funny, but on vacation, dad was fun and dad was cool. Can you imagine that? And so we would be riding, and I could tell my dad was in his element, and he would start singing. They had some old songs he would sing that were kind of the old uh, country songs, a little Merle Haggard and things like that. But we would wound up singing hymns of our faith. My dad's favorite song of all time is an old hymn entitled, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder, I'll Be There. And my dad said, son, you take tenor, son, you take bass to my brother. Mama, you sing medley, and I'll sing tenor. None of us knew parts, we just sang. It was just something he wanted us to do. But we would sing our hearts out, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. I wonder if you know the story behind that psalm. There was a gentleman one time that was a pastor. He was a youth pastor, actually. His name was James Black. He pastored a youth ministry over in Pennsylvania. And he wanted to go to a camp one time. And so he had a camp similar to what you have set up here. They were in a city, but they found a place where they could go to a camp. Some children would come to the camp and stay, but many of them had to go back home every night. 
And so what he did was every morning he would meet with the youth and start camp again that day. And he would call row. He wanted to make sure that those who went home came back. He had a heart for these youth. He wanted to reach them for Christ. And so he wanted to be sure that what he was doing was connecting with these kids. He called row. So he got up there. He's calling row with kids in here just like this. And he said, Bill, here. Larry, here. John, here. Mary, here. Bessie. Bessie? Bessie. Bessie never answered. It broke Pastor James Black's heart because Brother James knew that Bessie lived in a situation with a very dysfunctional family. Her father was an alcoholic. Her father was known to abuse them. Her father was very angry. Some people, when they drink and they become a drunk on wine or beer or whatever, they're fun and jolly. Some people turn to anger and violence. Her father was one that was angry and violent. So he's very concerned that Bessie wasn't there. On the way home from the camp later that day, his heart was still broken for Bessie because she didn't answer the role. And the Lord birthed something in James Black's heart. He said, God, that day comes when you come again and you call role and you're looking for those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. When you call the role, I want to be there. And all of a sudden, this song began to be birthed in his heart. He walked down the city street. He crossed and went down the street. He went down to the little picket fence where he lived in front of his house. He opened the gate. He marched right in his house. He went to his piano. And within 15 minutes, James Black had written this old hymn, all the verses, and put music to it. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. May I say to you today that it is very important that we understand that God wants us to have assurance for the days that are coming. We are living in unprecedented times. There can be no doubt that the soon return of Christ Jesus is upon us. There's no one today that I know of that is a legitimate student of the Bible that denies the fact we're living in unprecedented times and it appears as though God is setting the stage for the return of His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, you don't know when that role is going to be called. You can't set the hour. You can't know the day. You can't even know the year. But we're to know, Bible says, that we'll know the seasons. We'll know the signs. And things are pointing toward that. So I want to say this to you this morning with all of my heart. I want to be certain that everyone sitting here and hears my voice or maybe sees it later on the Internet, I want to be sure that when Jesus Christ comes again, you'll be ready. That when the roll is called up yonder, you'll be there. You know, Jesus taught his disciples in the uh, book of Luke chapter 10. Jesus said, listen, uh, do not be amazed. Do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are written down in heaven. In heaven, there's what's called the Lamb's book of life. And when we're truly born again, not when we join a church, But when we truly are born again in our spirit, all of a sudden our names are placed in this Lamb's book of life. And it's there for all eternity. And one day when God comes again, either blows a trumpet or an angel shouts, or if death knocks on our door, when the roll is called up yonder, I want you to be there. I want us to all go together. I don't like this separation of Mississippi and Ohio. We've come to love your state. It's a beautiful place. We've enjoyed our drive. We are already in love with this place. And I want you to go with me to heaven. I want you to be certain beyond all doubt that if you were to die or if Christ were to come tomorrow, that you can know that you know that you know you would go to heaven. 
Let me share some thoughts with you this morning from verse 12 especially and from some other verses. I want to share some truths about the roll call of heaven. Number one, would you look with me at what I call the prospect of heaven? In verse 12, Paul the Apostle says, I know whom I have believed. Now there's two key words there. You have your Bible, have your iPad, your Android, your iPhone. Are you in the Bible app? Please follow me now. Be like the Berean brethren. Be sure that you follow me as I preach. I'm a stranger to you. You don't know if I've got my theology right or not. You follow this and you search it in the scriptures. You be sure that I'm where I need to be. Amen? That's That's a good policy. Have your Bible when you come. In the Bible it says, I know whom I have believed. Two key words there. Number one, believed. This word is a word that is a cousin to the word faith. It's tuah. It is a word that is an all-out, total, abandoned trust in something bigger than me. This is what it means to believe in Christ. It is a deliberate exercise of trust in another that is greater than I. It is my putting my faith, my hope, and my trust in nothing else except the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Paul the Apostle says, I know whom. Can you imagine Paul being asked by someone one day, Paul, are you certain you're going to heaven? Can you imagine Paul being like many of our Baptist people down south and say, well, I sure hope so. Do you think Paul would have said that? Can you imagine Paul said, well, you know what? I've really been trying. You know, I've been to church regularly now several times. In the last three months, uh, you know, I've only missed one service. I'm praying as much as I can. I'm trying to write down the scriptures as God has given it to me. I'm trying to minister and serve. And he's talking about works, 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 works. Do you think Paul would have said that? Paul says, my reason for knowing that I will one day be in heaven is because I have believed I have trusted and I put all of my faith. I've abandoned self. I've abandoned all that I hold dear and near to my heart. And I'm jumping off the cliff in the hands of Jesus Christ. Look at the second word in that verse. I know whom I have believed. The word there is whom. Whom or who. You see, listen to me, children. Your faith is only as good as the object of your faith. You cannot just put faith in anything and hope to go to heaven. You can't put your faith in anything and hope to get to heaven. This is a world we're living in now. In this modern era in which we are living, there are people that will meet on Saturday or Monday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or some of them on Sunday, and they all have other religions, and they all believe they're going to heaven. But the Bible clearly teaches that, listen, the object of your faith is the most important thing about your faith. What you put your faith in is most important. And you can't put your faith in good works. You can't put your faith in baptism. You can't put your faith in works in the church. You and I will only go to heaven when we put our faith, our hope, and trust in whom? Jesus Christ. Paul says, I know whom I have believed in. You know, you can you can believe all you want to that you can fly. You, you can sing with all those stars that saying, I believe I can fly. You can sing that and all of a sudden this faith wells up in you that you think you can fly. So you climb up on top of the tallest building and you jump thinking you can fly. Guess what? It's not going to go well with you. The flight may be wonderful, but the landing is going to be horrible. Amen? Just because you sing it and believe it in your heart doesn't mean you can fly. The object of your faith is important. People say, I can believe I can join the church and go to heaven. I believe I can go to the church and go to heaven. I believe I can go to heaven by joining the church. And they sit in church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday until all of a sudden their faith is putting in the church rather than Jesus Christ. 
Well, the fact of the matter is, one of the saddest things that's going to happen one day, according to the Scriptures, one of the saddest things that's going to happen one day, you remember the disciples talking to Jesus, and hey, let's just go in and tear these guys away that are, are against us. Let's go pluck them up. Let's go in there and just take them out. Jesus said, just be calm. When the harvest comes, you'll know. When the harvest comes, the wheat's going to be separated from the tear. And listen to me, folks. The fact of the matter is, when the trumpet sounds... Or when Jesus Christ comes and takes you by death or by rapture, listen to me. The only way that you're going to get to glory is that you're part of the faith of Jesus Christ. The separation will happen then. And one of the saddest things in all of Christendom is many people will go to hell from a church pew. Why? Because they didn't get what I'm preaching here. That the object of their faith must be Christ and Christ alone. We sang it. In Christ alone, there can be no other. So the prospect of heaven is there. You can go. You can go to heaven. If you would like to have faith in Christ and go to heaven, you can do so here today. You can trust and believe in Jesus Christ and go with us into glory. Amen. That's the prospect that's there before you. That's a very good offer, by the way. Secondly, notice with me the persuasion of heaven. Notice Paul says here, and am persuaded. I love this. I, you know, I can't wait to meet a lot of the characters in, in heaven. I love Caleb of the Old Testament, one of my heroes. Therefore, I named the boy Caleb. Uh, I, I love some of the wonderful people in the Bible. But you know, Paul is just incredible. God gave him words to put down that were just miraculous how the Greek put these words together. Paul says, I know whom I have believed. And then he said, and by the way, I'm persuaded of this. When when your pastor, Brother Daniel, stands up here and preaches, when I preach, uh, sometimes the devil will say, well, really, is that true? Sometimes the voice of Satan will say, well, I wonder about that. Well, Brother Daniel and myself would tell you, go search the Scriptures. Go search the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit is your teacher, not us. The illumination that comes from the Holy Spirit through the Word of God is a gift unto you. But I'm telling you, by the authority of God's Word, if you want to know for certain that you're going to heaven, you can know. God is not hiding assurance from you. God is not trying to to, uh, disguise this this thing we call salvation. Paul says, listen, church, I need you to know something. I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded. I am totally persuaded, absolutely convinced of the truth. Our Christian faith can be a no-so faith, not a I hope so, or I got my fingers crossed, or I got this four-leaf clover kind of a faith mentality. So what's your persuasion? There's far too many followers of Christ, professors of Christ, especially in our denomination, who lack assurance of faith. Some of the results, if you don't have assurance of your faith, you're going to live in doubt. You're going to live in worry. You're going to live in fear. You're going to get sidelined. You don't want to work in the church because you're dealing with doubt. You don't want to be faithful to Christ because you're dealing with doubt. You continue down that path, you'll become oppressed and depressed. You'll be an emotional wreck. Listen, if I couldn't stand here today with every ounce of me, and there's a lot of ounces in me, and say to you today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that because I put my faith in Jesus Christ on March the 1st, 1981, and was born again miraculously by the power of God, 
I would be the most miserable man in the world. Do you think I would travel these many miles to Ohio if I wasn't certain of my faith in Jesus Christ? I come to tell you that you can know. It is a lie when Satan tells you you really can't know. You can know. And Paul says he was persuaded. Listen, I'll remember the story in Acts chapter 26. You can just write it down as a reference. Paul one time was talking to kings and leaders and governors of Rome. And in Acts chapter 6, Paul is trying to win King Agrippa to the Lord. And he's given a fantastic gospel presentation. He's sharing the gospel with the king. And all of a sudden, the king says, Almost, Paul, you have persuaded me. Well, earlier, Felix, the governor, who is still in the audience with King Agrippa, by the way, one day, Felix was there with Paul, and Paul was sharing the gospel with him, and finally Felix was this close, this close, this close, I believe, to being born again. And Felix said, stop, Paul, we'll hear more later. Stop, Paul, I don't want to hear the rest of the story. Stop spreading the gospel here, Paul, I don't want to hear. Do you know why? I believe Felix was under conviction. I believe the Holy Spirit was calling him to God, but he said no to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He said, Paul, I don't want to hear you more. You ever been witnessing to someone sharing the gospel and they just say, look, I don't want to hear what you got to say. There's many times when I've tried to share my faith and people put their hands up and say, I don't know. I I don't care. I don't want to know what you say. Please don't be that way. Why do you think Pastor Daniel is here and he's laboring in this field? Because he loves you and he knows you can be saved and you can be sure of it. And he wants you to go with him to glory. Why do we come and share the faith of Jesus Christ? The Bible clearly says that you can be born again, and then when you are, you can know it. Paul went on to say to King Agrippa, he says, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost and altogether such as I am. What? Well, you look at this passage we're in, and that is persuaded. Persuaded that Jesus Christ is the only one. Paul says, I am persuaded. You see, like King Agrippa and Governor Felix, almost persuaded is the difference between heaven and hell. Let's just get real for a minute. Do you you like reality? (laughs) Can can we handle that for a moment? Can we just get up in our grill with one another and, and get real about this thing? Listen to me. If you don't trust Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, there is no hope for your future. That's right. But if you here today believe this story and you would say, you know what? I believe what he's preaching is truth. It is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you put your faith in Christ here right now today, and you get miraculously born again, God's going to give you assurance. You're going to be persuaded of your faith. And, we, and I believe also, number three, you'll understand this, the protection of heaven. Number three, notice the protection of heaven. Paul went on to say, I know who I have believed and am persuaded. Listen, look at your verse that he is able to keep. Two key words there. Number one is able and keep. Note Paul's persuasion was based upon God's power and God's promises. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Well, what did he commit unto him? Will you go back in your Bible to verse 8? Look, if you will, at 2 Timothy 1. Actually, we pick it up in verse 9. He says, God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now listen to me, beloved. Look at the next verse. He says, he's also abolished death 
He has brought life. That's new life in Christ. And he has brought immortality to light before uh, through the gospel. Did you know that Jesus Christ told Martha about Lazarus? He died and Martha, his sister, was so sad. And Martha said, Lord Jesus, if you'd just been here, my brother wouldn't have died. What's up? And Jesus said, Martha, do you believe that I'm the resurrection life? She said, well, sure, Lord, I believe you're the resurrection life. And he said, Martha, can I tell you something? Even though you die, yet you shall live. Listen to me now. Even though you die, yet you shall live. Paul is saying here, he's saying, listen to me. God has conquered death. He's defeated death. Jesus Christ has has conquered death and doom and the devil. It's over. You've won your battle. There's no reason for you to believe that there's any possible way that experiencing the born-again salvation of God can be taken back away from you. It is a gift from God that shall be forever. Now the key words there is He. Look at verse 12. That He is able. That He, there's God Almighty. We're not just talking about some God who randomly checks in on you to make sure things are going well. We're talking about an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God that is always with you and will always watch over you and will always be protecting you. You children might say, how can God keep up with all of us? Because He's God. There are no limits with God. All things are possible. God knows every one of us and all of our doings at all times, 24-7. And he's watching over us. Note the word able. He is able. The word there is his ability is unquestionable. He who raised Christ from the dead is the same one who put the spirit of Christ in you. Did you hear that? You have resurrection power within you. That's not just a fairy tale movie. That is truth of the gospel. We're already seated in the heavenlies with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. God brings the full force and bounty of heaven to make certain that what you have given Him, He will keep it. Your faith in Christ. We are secure today in Christ. We will be secure in Christ tomorrow. And I will be secure forevermore. Why? Because of the power of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. It talks about how that we have been born again by the Spirit of Christ through the resurrection into an inheritance that's undefiled that fade not away that's reserved for you in heaven until the day of Jesus Christ and then he says and by the way that salvation is kept by the power of God amen Amen. that salvation is kept by the power of God did you get saved by your works no can you stay saved by your works no will you be saved one day and go to glory yes how by the power of God and not your abilities we are kept by the power of God and then John 10 says, no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. I am my Father one. We just sang a song. We just sang a song in Christ alone that talked about nothing can pluck us from the hand of God. Listen, here's how it works. Your pastor's done this before. That word in, 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 in 1 Peter that says kept by the power of God, the word kept means that God basically builds a fort or garrison around you. God puts up all the defenses around you to keep you saved and to make sure that nothing takes you away. And then God takes you, Jesus said in in John chapter 10, He says, listen, here you are. Here you are right here. I'm going to put my little pocket knife right here in my hand. He said, this is you. When you get born again by the Spirit of God, the Bible says in John chapter uh, 10 that God takes you in His hand. And then the Bible says that you also are in the hand of Jesus Christ. Now listen, 
Here's the Father, God, holding you. Here's your salvation. This is you. He puts you in the hand of Jesus Christ. And then Paul talks about in the book of Ephesians that we have a seal of protection around. It's called the Holy Spirit. So the Trinity has come to see to it that what you've committed unto them, they'll keep it safe. Amen? Right. There's us. There's the Father. There's the Son. And listen, children, around this Father and Son, you are bound and protected by the Holy Spirit of God. Listen to me. If, capital I, the devil could somehow break through the seal of the Holy Spirit and then pry open the hand of Jesus Christ and then pry open the hand of God and take you from them, he'd be born again. Do you hear me? There's no power of earth. There's no power of the devil. There's no power of hell that can take you from the hands of God. I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed unto him. What did you commit unto him? Your faith in the gospel. Your faith in the gospel. That's all God's looking for. You know, we have banks all over Toledo. And they can do nothing unless you go and make a deposit, right? You ever thought about that? They would be obsolete if somebody didn't give them money. They, they would be out of business if that little drive through was not open daily. And you've got to keep going and making deposits for them to be successful. In the same way, God Almighty, God Almighty knows that when you make the deposit of your faith unto Him, that He's there to secure it. And His insurance policy is much better than any bank in Toledo. Fourthly, notice the partnership. Now this is important. Please stay with me. He says, fourthly, that I, what I have committed unto Him, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that He is able to keep what I have committed unto Him. Now notice that. Notice that. Everybody listen now. In verse 12, that which I have committed unto him. I will not come to you during the invitation and say, get up here and get saved. I, I, you, you may not have it in Ohio, but we had preachers down in the south that went out during the invitation and got people. Did you know that? We did. We had some guys that were characters now. And they'd, they'd go out in the invitation and say, I, I feel like you were under conviction. Let's go down here. I don't do that. This is between you and the Holy Spirit. But you hear me and you hear me well. God is a perfect God. And He's a perfect gentleman. And Almighty God is not going to come and get you against your will. You have to make a commitment unto God. This is your decision here today. The Holy Spirit may be talking to you. You may realize, you know what? You know what? I think I, think I may have got this a little bit backwards. I, I love being here. I love the pastor. I, I think they got some good things going on. But I may have missed first base here. I need to go back and make sure that like Paul, I am certain and confident in my salvation in Jesus Christ. Paul says, this is your commitment. The word committed there is a deposit that you make unto God. It's a pivotal point. And I'll give you an example. If you'll remember on the cross, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was on the cross. And these are his words. Jesus says, Father, unto your hands what? I commit my spirit. Father didn't come down and just say, come on, Jesus committed himself. And then later on in 1 Peter 2, chapter 23, the Bible says when Jesus was on the cross, he committed himself to him that judges righteously. Listen to that now. Jesus Christ hanging on the cross before heaven and hell, taking the sins of the world upon the cross. The words he said, his last moments here on earth was, Father, Unto your hands I commit my spirit. 
Peter says, you know why he did that? Because in 1 Peter 2, 23, it says he committed himself unto God who he knew would judge righteously. Either God would take him because the price has been paid in full and his victory is won or Jesus Christ would die of failure. God, it's up to you. If the price has been paid, if your righteousness has been satisfied through the shed blood of my body, then unto you I commit my spirit. And we all know that on the third day, God answered that. God answered that on the third day when he said, Arise, my son. Arise, my love. Paul says, you and I must commit ourselves unto God. We must commit our faith unto the Lord. And then lastly, hear this. In verse 12, we have the promise of heaven. The promise of heaven. Paul says, you know what I believe with all my heart? I'm persuaded that what I've committed unto God, He can keep it. He can keep it. He can keep it until that day. Are we there yet? No. You know how I know? Because we're living. Let's see. Yeah, everybody's living. Okay, all right. You know, down south, if, if we had a heart attack or something dialed 911, when they came into church, they would know who, you know, we're all just sitting there lifeless. The fact is, you all are alive, right? So guess what? That day hasn't come for you yet. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed unto him, even against that day. That day hasn't come yet, but it is coming. You're going to meet God in one of two ways. If the Lord tarries and the trumpet doesn't sound soon and you were to die, that's when you better know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was a time in your life when you gave your faith unto Jesus Christ and was born again. Or, or number two, there is a very real possibility, beloved, that we are the generation that will hear a trumpet. They will hear an angel and be called up. I don't want anyone in this church or anyone where I go and share the I don't want anybody to be left behind. That's when Jesus said, when the trumpet sounds and the angel shouts, there's going to be a separation. And those who are true wheat that put their faith in Jesus Christ only, they're going to be lifted up. But those who were tares in the church, they were playing church. They believed in baptism would save them. They thought being good would save them. They thought if they just walk down the aisle and say some words that would save them, Jesus said those tares are going to stay, but the wheat will be plucked up. The, the very thing that we have here in the promise of heaven is one day, one day is coming. And that day, I believe, is sooner than we think. I'm 59 years old. I'll be 60 in April. I have lived the vast majority of my life. If God tarries and I live to be 70, the Bible promises 70 years, three score and four, uh, 10 years. If I live to be 80, you know, I'm just talking 20 years of my life left. If I live to be 90, you know, I'm just 30 years away, right? Put it in perspective, beloved. Soon and very soon, all of us will pass from this place into an eternity. I want to go to heaven. So I put my faith in Jesus Christ and I was born again. How long can God keep you saved? Forever and ever and ever. Mona Buckaloo was speaking at our BSU, it's called a Baptist Student Union, at the college where I was. I thought I was saved. I've been in the church all my life. Hey, I've been baptized. <laughs> and all of a sudden, there was something in my spirit that gave me a sense of doubt that I wasn't real. I was around people that I had joy. I was around people that just had a peace about them. And I thought, I'm missing something here. And so at age 18, Mona Buckley was speaking one day at the BSU. And she said, you know what? 
I got saved the other day because I thought to myself, I don't want to be the only one that doesn't go with my friends to heaven. She said, I believe all my friends are saved and I can't stand the thought that one day they'll go and I'll be left behind. That did something to my heart. And the next Sunday night, by the Spirit of God, I realized I'd been playing church. I didn't mean to. It wasn't purposeful. I just didn't understand the true gospel. And on March the 1st, 1981, on a Sunday night at the age of 18, I went before God and I prayed and I said, Dear God, I know you died for me and I know that you rose again from the dead and I know there's no other way to heaven. And I remember praying, Dear Jesus Christ, cleanse me of my sins, I pray, come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. At that very moment, listen to me, at that very moment, the light came on, the burden was lifted. Do you remember reading earlier, where Paul says that death has been defeated, listen, and immortality has come to what? Life. If you want to be born again, if you want to be saved, you can be. There's nothing between you and God except your willingness to trust and obey. It's really up to you. Would you come today and trust and obey Christ? If you know you're saved, praise God for that. Amen. Now we'll move on to revival. We'll speak to the church from here on out. But let's be sure, church, that all of us here beside us are going to heaven with us. Wouldn't it be terrible to think that we come here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and boom, one day we're in heaven and some of us are not there? Wouldn't that be a dreadful thing? Let's fix that and go on with revival. Pastor, I'm going to ask you to come. and you uh, We really didn't talk about invitation, but you come and leave now. I come under the authority of your pastor, and you hear me, and you hear me well. God has done something in my heart already to make me know this is a man of God. There's a kindred spirit with us and Sherry, Pastor Dan and Sherry. So listen to what he's about to tell you. Let's trust. Let's obey. Let's get real with God here and be certain that we can say, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him even until that day when it comes. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, we come to you today acknowledging that you are God and we are not. That you set the standards and Lord, you're the one that you're the one that sets the rules of salvation. And you said, Lord, that, that we must call upon you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of God shall be saved. And you said that whoever calls upon the name of God will never be ashamed. Satan is telling people right now that you would be a fool if you trust Jesus. Satan will tell people during this invitation that you got more time. Why now? Just wait a while. Satan will tell people all kinds of things to keep them from coming to Christ. He'll put up barriers. I pray in the name of Jesus the barriers come down right now. And then everybody in this room can see the glorious light of the gospel. And that every one of us will discern through the power of the Holy Spirit, yes, we're in, or we need to get in. I pray this in Jesus' name. Yeah. Pastor Dan. I ask the praise team to come forward at this time. We're going to sing a song. This is the final song of our service today. You've heard everything you need to know. You know what to do. Accept Jesus Christ as Lord. That means he's in charge of your life. And as Savior, that means he paid the penalty for your sins. And do it in earnest. It's the only way. It is the only way. And then you do so publicly. You say, okay, Jesus, I'm ready. That's right. And as we sing this song, you don't have to sing. If you're responding, 
If the Lord is working in your heart calling you, then you come forward and you share with me and we'll pray together and then we'll share your decision with the group that's here today. Okay? So if you have not previously accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, or if you had said that you had, but you now realize that you have not, then this assurance is for you. That's right. You surrender your life to the Lord. Put it in His hands. He is capable of taking care of it. Would you stand with us then as we sing this final song? And then you respond if the Lord is moving in your heart today. You just come. Put your hand in my hand. Let us pray together. There's, there's hand sanitizer in the room. It's all be all right. Alright? You come.
service together, which is really just us seeking the Lord and listening to the Lord and, and hearing. Uh, and it's been good. It's been real good. And God has been speaking. And we're going to do it again tomorrow night and Tuesday night, Wednesday night. We're going to see new faces and we're going to, we're going to come and commit ourselves to follow the Lord. Um, Deacon Tony Brister and I, we go, we go way back and we serve and we carry uh, a load. Um, and I'm just going to share, we just prayed together up here, he and I together, that we have made some some decisions, and we've allowed some things to come in and take the priority ourselves. And Brother Tony's just committed himself uh, to trust in the Lord and the Lord alone. And it don't matter where you're at. It don't matter who you think you are. What really matters is who you are in the Lord's eyes. That's right. That's right. It's up to God. It's not up to you or me to make that decision. It's up to God. We talk about deciding to be saved. God has already decided that you will be saved. When you are not saved... That's you telling him no. He paid the price. He went the distance. He already did it. Can anyone demonstrate any greater love than this? That a man should lay down his life. And Jesus did that. For sure. Even those who don't accept that Jesus is who he said he was, understand that he died on a cross and was seen alive after that. Historians who are not Christian in any way. Jewish historians who lived in that day. Everybody except that Jesus died and rose again. Nobody else has ever done that. But he did that for us. And he loves you. He loves you. You're going through some stuff. We're all going through some stuff. Your stuff may be harder than my stuff. You may be stronger than me. It's possible. There are many variables. But one thing does not change. That is, he loves us and he wants what's best for us. And he has done it before, and he has. And he can do it again. Amen. So we will come together and we will praise him again tomorrow night. Um, today we have some things before we leave. We're going to do the Grand Prix Matchbox thing. We're going to draw for this bucket of giveaway to those who donated candy for the Fall Fest. Uh, and lunch for the kids, at least in the cafeteria. And then I think there may be lunch. For, I don't know how that's going to go, but if not, uh, we. The uh, older folks, and we're not going to start that, though. We'll be all right. Okay, we, we put on some some storage just in case. But they, those kids get to eat, and that'll be great. And then we're going to meet together for the Matchbox Grand Prix, which is the beginning of the Grand Prix season. And they'll talk a little bit in there what it is to build your own car and like that. Okay. So uh, I would ask you that you would pray for Brother Tony uh, as he is. Uh, kind of sort of recommitting and letting God be in charge of those things that are in his life that are um, that have become burdensome and Jesus can definitely take the burdens he can do it so, so alright so we're going to pray together we're going to go but you have one last chance right now to say hey that's me there's somebody in the room who say that's you don't have to come forward you don't have to share your life story nobody has to don't let this be brother and I brother Tony and I go back we were exploring what the Lord was doing we were praying together 
And we might, you and I might pray together too, but it doesn't normally always take that long. Don't let that be the sample. We are looking for the Lord. So if you're here and you say, I'm accepting Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior for the first time, you can just raise your hand right there. Say, that's me, and I'll pray for you. Okay? Or you can say, I'm already a Christian. I know it, but now I, I want to be sure, and I want to be living it out. And it might be you, and you might raise your hand right there. Say, that's me. All right? There's one right there. I see one. Anybody else? I see another. All right? And importantly, both. Anybody else? All right, so I will mention that in my closing prayer. You might be in the room today, and there's a burden that's heavy on your heart. Something you're going through, something you want to deal with, um, but you don't know what to do with it. God said through uh, our brother James in the book, uh, in the book of James, Lord has wisdom for you. And if you ask, him, he'll give it. He is gracious to always give it. But sometimes we don't want to ask because we don't want to know it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So then you're going to say, well, this is what we want you to do. And, and this is how it's all going to work out. And sometimes it's uh, a leap of faith or a move of trust. And you got to do that. But anyway, the wisdom is available. And we want to pray for everyone in this room who are living for the Lord. So let's pray together. Father in heaven, I do thank you so much for this time that we've had here together. It's obvious that you meant it as a gift to us. You prepared this, uh, as Brother Jerry was saying, and while Brother Jerry got it in his mind and his heart, and I think Jane too, that they would come, and it's been six, seven months since that was on there. It's been less for me, because when they talked about it as a possibility, I didn't even, I, we, I was hoping, I was praying it would happen, but I didn't have confirmation it was going to happen until just a couple months ago. And for some... For you, for your son, I'm sure it's been in the plans a lot longer than that. You knew exactly what's going to happen here today. You set up the boundaries of this place. You orchestrated the days of our lives that we could be here today, that we could hear from you. Know beyond a shadow of a doubt in whom we have trusted that he's able to keep on to that day that which we have entrusted to him. Yes, Lord. Lord, and I do pray. For Courtney, I do pray for Lynn, I pray for Brother Tony and others in this room who may not have raised their hand for confusion, for ignorance, for for fear, for um, just a slight hesitation. It was all it take for the minute to pass. Whatever it might have been, Lord, we pray you will set every person in this room truly free and truly on the path. We know that we are all on unique journeys. We're all in a different place. Everybody's unique. That's what makes us equal, is that we're unique. You created that, and we're so grateful. But at the same time, we know that we can work together as a group of people so that each individual can progress to the next step, to the new height in Jesus that they're moving toward now. That's different for each person. Some steps are, you know, they repeat. Like, people struggle. Well, I should be reading my Bible or I should be praying. And you move people and you work in people to help them move to the place where they're doing what they're supposed to be doing in that area of their lives. Those things don't save us. They're just steps. We trust only in Jesus alone for salvation. That is how we will find our way home. Indeed, he is our way. Father, I pray for these who responded. I pray for these who did. I pray for the rest of our time together this week. I pray for the Grand Prix matchbox race that's about to go on and the food that's about to be eaten and the time that we have left together today, that it would all be honoring to you that we're doing it for the right reasons, that we can love one another, and that we can never stop until Jesus comes again or until our heart beats its last and then into your presence for an eternity. And we are so looking forward to it. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Poor God.
Thanks again for choosing this podcast from New Heights Fellowship Baptist Church of East Toledo. I hope that you've enjoyed yourself, but more importantly, I hope you've reached new heights in Jesus today. Look for all of our many other podcasts that are out there. We've got 260 episodes online. Look up some of your favorite verses or some of your favorite topics. Come visit us at the church building for worship Sunday mornings at 1130. And if you're catching this podcast soon enough, quick enough, you can get us during Revival. Uh, That'd be Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, November 8th, 9th, and 10th of 2021. In the meantime, we've got lots of other activities going on, and we'll be together as a church reaching new heights in Jesus and serving the community of Toledo and the surrounding area with the gospel, we hope. May we do everything to glorify God. Will you join us in that right where you're at? Maybe you're listening from another state, from another country. And if that's so, maybe you get us on Amazon-enabled Alexa-enabled devices or on Amazon Music, however you get there, or on Podcast Garden, however you're getting to us. If you're joining us, check out our website at churchtoledo.com. That also is available from anywhere in the world. You can learn about becoming a non-resident member of New Heights Fellowship Baptist Church of East Toledo. And we would love to help you find a church home right where you are. But if God's calling you to be part and parcel with what we're doing here in Toledo and around the world, then you feel free to look us up online and get the details on that and reach out to us. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, Serving at the Life Station, serving at New Heights, we could always use volunteers and donors of all kinds, financial support, and definitely prayer warriors. Text PARTNER, P-A-R-T-N-E-R, to our cell phone, uh, to our texting group, 419-419-0095. And we look forward to hearing from you in that way. We'll try to keep you in the loop so you can pray for specific things that are going on. Praise God, we've made this connection through this podcast, and we can reach new heights in Jesus together.